Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from Sonatype, a trusted partner for open source governance, management, and compliance. This is Mark Miller with OWASP 24-7. Today I'm talking with Joanna Curiel, who runs the project reviews for OWASP. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning, Mark. How are you? You have been very busy lately. Well, yeah, indeed. We have been busy, I believe, since 2012 with reviews. And um, especially when I joined the, uh, the project review team. For people that don't know about the project review project itself, give us an overview. What's going on there? Okay. Um, this group exists actually, um, I will say, like five years ago. There was an initiative to start reviewing the projects. As you know, uh, many people start projects, but nobody was really tracking what's going on with the projects at many levels, documentation, the code tools. And then um, there existed before a team, I cannot remember exactly who started, but it was an initiative, a kind of task force that started reviewing teams. Now, after a while, that didn't really work out. Then it disappeared, and then the projects weren't being reviewed properly. Um, I remember that uh, the project manager before Samantha Grooves um, joined OWASP was also doing kind of reviews and trying to maintain the inventory by itself. And then uh, when he left, Samantha tried to start up uh, that initiative again. And then she set up a team of uh, project reviewers, and I was one of them. But it was a team um, of around seven um, volunteers that were selected. It was even a completely um, process to select these volunteers. And then it was also very clear how many hours per week we should spend in these kind of activities. Unfortunately, um, you know, people that joined the team didn't really stick to the reviewing of the projects. And me, along with Chuck, um, I don't remember his last name right now. But... So he uh, he was helping us. That was in 2013 in the AppSec US. And then I stick doing reviews from that moment on. I was that really started somewhere in 2013 to going through all the projects. And unfortunately, yeah, as you know, Samantha's doesn't work anymore. So we try to set up a task force right now uh, where I'm working on and I've been working since last year. So give me an idea, Joanna. You say that you're evaluating the projects. What are you evaluating? Well, um, when we set up the original team with Samantha, we went through a process of creating criteria. If you go to the website of OWASP, and or you Google OWASP project assessment, you will find a tab. And a lot of people, I think they don't they don't read this very detailed uh, information, but it's a lot of information there. And then if you look at assessment to that tab, um, you will find indeed that um, 
there is a completely criteria that was created. So we worked on creating this criteria. And then based on the criteria that we created for measuring health of the projects and measuring the quality that we could came up with how we will approach the review, basically really looking at, let me try to find it, to assess projects based on this criteria. The other thing is you're looking that up. When you and I last talked you were evaluating 88 projects. What is that looking like now? Well, uh, we did a huge cleanup of the inventory that's uh, to begin with. We um, And right now we are still, let's say, the, we focus on code and tools. And we even hired a tester last year to do some basic evaluations because these projects are huge. Uh, if you really have to evaluate them at quality assurance level with all functionalities, that's humongous. So if you look at, um, at the tab of project assessments under the OWASP project the website um, section, you will find that one of the parts that we decide for monitoring like labs and, and flagships at a high level is like, can the project be built correctly? I mean, that's the first thing. We have an open source tool and the source code should at least build correctly. And then we measure what kind of activity there has been on the project, such as um, commits. And we have a special automatic tool for measuring commits, uh, which is OpenDoc. And OpenDoc is a kind, we register all projects, code and tools over there to be able to automize this process. And then um, we also check the activities on the wiki page. So that is more a manual thing. We go to the wiki page and we see what kind of updates has been done on the last six months. And if it is clear that the project leader hasn't worked for more than a year, then we send first a warning, an email, and then we tell them, hey, listen, we haven't seen any activities. Could you let us know what's going on? And we don't hear anything. Then we decide after a couple of, maybe immediately of a couple of months, depending on how outdated has been, that we actually put the project in the inactive or archived section. What, when you talk about flagships, how many flagship projects are there? Um, the project is quite um, updated right now. And uh, as you can see, we have for tools right now four projects. Uh, for code, we have three on the flagship section. And then on documentation, we have right now five. So that means out of approximately 80 to 90 projects, you've got um, 12 flagship projects. Correct. So what specifies something as being a flagship project? It just meets all of your criteria? Is it because of community use? How does something become flagship? It's a combination of that because, for example, we had a project, uh, some, some project leaders that started as incubator and they're working pretty hard on their project. And uh, they started last year, actually. And they came to me and they considered, like, hey, I consider my project a flagship. And then I said, 
um, unfortunately, there are some things that we can only measure based on time. For example, um, I will just give you an example. If we take the testing guide project, it's a documentation. It's very hard for us to determine if the quality uh, of the whole text correct is. But if people are using these guides and being referenced in many security books and even in the CISP uh, guides and studies and, you know, these kind of huge references uh, that it clearly shows, even the PCI guidelines, for example, are using all our guidelines as a point of reference, then it means that these documentations really have been evaluated and looked at into and they have really a big value. If a project can reach that kind of referencing, then it means that it should be a flagship. Um, I'm going to give you another example. Recently, uh, the uh, Cheat Sheets project was has been for a while in the incubator section, but actually this project is being referenced in many books of security. One of them, I don't want to make any you know advertising for any people <laughs> so I won't mention what kind of books but I have um, an Amazon uh, account and if you just Google or not Google but if you go to Amazon for example and you write OAS guides you will find many books with reference to the OAS developer code review uh, and even cheat sheets for example so it means this is a project that really has the potential and the quality to be a flagship, but um, the project leader, for example, will like to work better on certain cleanup before we can really call it flagship. So I'm just giving you an example that this is not a black and white kind of thing, but we have to base our information on, you know, we have to try to level everyone at a, at a certain kind of criteria. Otherwise, yeah, then you will have this kind of discussions of why my project is not flagship. Uh, before a project can be evaluated for flagship, does somebody have to approach you? Does your team look at the project and say, hey, this looks like a flagship project? How does it get not- noticed? I have been working to do it proactively instead of reactive. So we are not waiting for people to say, my project is a flagship. We don't want to do that. But you can imagine from a huge list of incubators, sometimes it's difficult to really say, well, this is this is really worth it. But we are doing already that. And I am using um, something called thumbs up. So when I see a project and I have evaluated and I think, oh, okay, this has potential. Then I give him a thumb, a thumb up. I call it a thumb up, and then um, then we can say that project actually is is developing pretty well. It doesn't. It it hasn't really. I cannot say, oh, for sure this is going to be a flagship. No, but it has at least shown some level of quality that many other incubators, for example, has not. Uh, one of those projects. Uh, there are a couple of them like that that they're pretty good. There are others that I don't think they will grow for an incubator because the project leader isn't working anymore on it, you know. So, yeah, it's okay to keep it like that, but it means it has a certain level of quality and it has a release and you can use it. As you're looking at your workload, you've been working on this for a while. I've been watching from the sidelines. What kind of help do you need? Could you use some community support somewhere? Yeah, for sure, and that is the reviewers because that's the hugest problem with um, with this with this um, 
people i mean we had a second round of uh of 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 request or like open call to volunteers to look for uh volunteers that could help us with reviews but um fortunately there is one guy sticking right now is Timo Guzan and he has very good experience with development so he really can look at the code and and things much further um so he's one of those volunteers that is helping a lot i cannot complain and uh, sporadically we had uh, a couple of people joining and reviewing but not sticking like i'm doing or other or other volunteers yeah that seems like the hardest part of what you're doing is there has to be such a wide diversity of knowledge. There's no way that one person could be evaluating all this stuff. Exactly. It's very difficult, and that's why we cannot base the whole evaluation on my criteria only. The criteria, we rely a lot in our research. For example, I do a lot of research on on security books to see what they mention, on, for example, the reviews of the users who is using this, you know, um, how many clones, forks, downloads have been done from this tool. I, so that's where I rely. If a tool is not being used, we cannot really call it a flagship, even if it has, even if, because how do you determine um, that it has a high quality? I alone cannot do that. So that's why we hire a tester. And then we look at the minimum quality, things like it should build, the documentation should be enough to be able to use the code. We look at the wiki pages, for example, of the users. Are users really logging issues and and looking? A project that is not being used cannot be considered a flagship. Simple as that. If we are not, if that if that project does not have a wiki with users, that if that project as an, is not really communicating with the community, then it's very hard to say that that is a flagship. I'm interested in knowing if you have found any projects that are flying under the radar when you looked at it and said, this is a really cool project that people should know about. Well, um, actually that happened recently with the MobiSec project. Uh, that's one of them. I'm just going to give you an example. It was not even in the inventory. And I was like, and how did I know? It's because I went to the Black Hat website, and on the Black Hat website, they were they were selected to provide a training, the Mobisec project, the OWASP. So if you look at one of the trainings, is the OWASP Mobisec training. And I was like, what the hell is this? I don't know this project. You know, I was like a little bit surprised. And I look into it, and I communicated with the project leaders, and then I said, well, for some reason, your project is not listed in the inventory. And he, and he said, no, what happened is that we have this main project with different sub-projects, and this is one of them. And I said, oh, maybe that's where it went wrong. But it went completely out of the radar, and I think that project, for sure, I can almost consider it a flagship, but I cannot, you know, we have just to do uh, extra evaluation and some research to just place it as a flagship. Who's the project lead on that? That was Kevin Johnson. That's what happened. I mean, he is giving... A training. He was selected for a training at Black Hat, so it means a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. Just like, it's not like oh. And if you look at the content of that project, is is quite big. And this is a framework where you can test web applications for oh. mobile applications, mm-hmm. something like that. So I have to, yeah, you know, me alone. And then I said to Tim, why can you think, uh, take a look, Tim Guzan? 
can you take a look of, of, of the project and we can evaluate it, run, build, look at the content. But that we alone, we don't decide that we have to see what the community says. And for me, or, or what kind of references are being done, like the black hat thing, for example, if I, fact that they were selected for the training using the OWASP Movisec says a lot. How can people meet you? I know that you and I were together at AppSec EU last year. Are you doing any of the project summits like in New York? Are you going to AppSec? Where can they meet you? Well, uh, are you going to AppSec summit? Uh, you know, we are trying to organize one uh, and maybe this is a very good opportunity. Um, New York is doing a mini summit. I would love to join, but unfortunately, um, the time, I don't think I will have the opportunity because of the time. But the one in May at, uh, at Amsterdam, I am going. And we have been organizing uh, the summit. We haven't made it public public in, in, in the way of, of publicity, but it has been on the list and there has been enough reaction from different projects, uh, project leaders to participate. And one of them is the OWASP Summit. So OWASP is having a summit in this a special summit the first time. What does that mean? I'm not sure what that means. Well, maybe it will be handy if I can point you out, but I think I will forward you with the uh, with our agenda. Um, so what it means is that the leaders will meet with other volunteers that have been working on the same project to discuss and improve the projects. And then also um, the, we will discuss and participate together about the actual situation of projects. You know, it's about trying to improve the actual situation. Um, Timo, for example, Guzan will be traveling from South Africa to Amsterdam also to meet with me. And also, finally, we can discuss and see maybe if we can even gather, you know, think of strategies. The bottleneck has always been how we retain volunteers to do reviews. That's the hardest part. But then maybe we should ask ourselves, is that actually the right way? Because I think the community vote and what the community has to say and what the project itself does to uh, come forward with information has to do a lot more and says a lot more about the quality of that project than um, alone the fact that people are reviewing because yeah, reviews are very subjective to the person doing them. The other thing that I keep hearing when I interview other project leads is the idea of cross-referencing projects. Is there any kind of way that people can start referencing other projects as how they refer to their own? You know, that's something that I will love to have time to do because now after almost two years of looking and using and reading about the projects. I mean, I am I am a user. I'm a consumer of many of these projects, and I'm even a contributor of some of them. I think I have a pretty good idea. Uh, you see, many. Th- I mean, we should categorize this better. There was this. Um, of, there is this volunteer from Philippines. He's working on a on a project. I believe he's John. What is his name? Lita. Um, and. And he's trying to create a kind of platform where, I mean, we should work on another kind of categorization for projects. The fact is that if a first-time user comes and look at volunteer at, at the flagship projects, it doesn't tell him anything. I mean, how am I going to consume that project? What 
he tries to solve a problem and then like for example I would like to protect my website what kind of projects do I have to protect my website and that's a very good categorization for consumers of projects and we should try to to do that but it's a lot of work and that's the problem right now I mean resources I have been talking with Joanna Curiel who runs the project reviews at OWASP Joanna, sincerely, thank you for all the time and effort you're putting in. Yeah, sure. Um, Thank you for the invitation, and I hope um, that uh, we can see each other there in Amsterdam. You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller. OWASP 24-7 is sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from Sonatype, a trusted partner for open source governance, management, and compliance.